It's Jax, More Music Mornings, and I am joined by infection prevention specialist from WakeMed, Dr. Jessica Dixon. Dr. Dixon, how are you this morning? Busier than a one-armed paper hanger, as my grandma used to say. <laughs> I've never heard that, and I might steal that from you. All right, uh, since you're busy, let's get right into this. So with coronavirus uh, top of mind hitting our community, uh, the U.S., across the globe, like what is it, who is most at risk, and, and what are the symptoms? Coronavirus is, in general, just a type of virus. The coronavirus that we're concerned about right now is a particular one, and the disease process associated with it has been kind of nicknamed COVID-19, and it's a viral respiratory illness, so very similar to the flu or to the cold viruses in the same kind of family. In fact, there are many other coronaviruses out there that just cause cold symptoms. From a risk standpoint, I think we're still learning a lot about who is at risk for having it and about who's at risk for serious complications. So I think the question of who's most at risk to, for having it tends to be the older you are, the more at risk you are for contracting it. It does not seem to be affecting children as much as we would normally expect some sort of respiratory illness like that to affect children. You know, when we think of influenza, we right. think of the very young and the very old being disproportionately affected. In this case, children really don't seem to be affected as much. The people who are currently having the negative outcomes are people who are older. And I've been asked, like, what's the age cutoff? I don't know that you can give one. It's kind of a sliding scale. The older you are, the more at risk you are for complications. Certainly people over the age of 60 are at greater risk. Um, if you look at the data out of China, the risk of serious complications doubles from in the 70 to 80 age range when you go from that to the over 80 age range. So it definitely increases as you go up in age. Okay. Well, I mean, and also we're in cold and flu season too. So with that, uh, is it easy for someone to confuse the coronavirus with the flu and how are they different? I think it is easy to confuse coronavirus with flu because they are both viral respiratory illnesses. So they both cause fever. They both cause cough. Some of the data out there now suggests that you're less likely to have some of those other flu nose, the stuffy nose um, that you would have with flu. You're less likely to have those with coronavirus. And you also are more likely to have uh, gastrointestinal symptoms with flu. Those are relatively rare in adults, even with influenza, so nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea, more common in children with flu, but those are less commonly associated with coronavirus. Um, I do want to make sure, too, that we talk about risk groups. It's not just older people. People who have underlying health conditions are at higher risk for both contracting and having serious complications from coronavirus, and people who are immunocompromised. So cancer patients getting chemotherapy are definitely at higher risk. People who were on immunosuppressive drugs for um, um, autoimmune conditions definitely may be at higher risk. And so those people should definitely talk to their doctors about, you know, what their risks are, especially if they get sick. Um, anyone who has diabetes, heart disease, kidney or lung disease, those are also people that may be at risk for complications from coronavirus. You know, you see a lot of people, like, wearing just hazmat suits and walking around. Uh, like, what can people do, like, to protect themselves uh, from the spread of coronavirus? Well, the good news about this is the things that you do to protect yourself from coronavirus are the th same things that I hope you're already doing right now and have been for the last several months to protect yourself from the flu. So, number one, try to stay away from sick people. 
That can sometimes be difficult. I have an elementary age child when she is sick. I am sick. Um, so sometimes that's just not possible. But as much as you can, if you're out in public and somebody's coughing, try to keep your six-foot distance. Or, you know, you're in the office and your coworker's coughing, try to keep six feet away from them. Suggest they go home. Um, keep your hands clean. You know, certainly a lot of the way that we get sick is by infecting ourselves because we touch our faces a lot. Um, I know there's something that's kind of gone viral on social media that's a lady yeah. giving a press conference saying, you know, the best thing you can do is not touch your face, and then she licks her finger. Yeah. But we do that. You know, we rub our eyes, we scratch our noses. It's hard. We bite our nails. It's really hard. And so really being mindful of that, I'm going to get tasers, and we're going to do like just a little zap every time you touch your face. And you'll stop doing that eventually. But, um, <laughs> you know, not touching your face is a really important piece of it. But if your hands are clean, touching your face is less dangerous, right? So making right. sure that you're cleaning your hands, People who do what I do for a living already, like, we don't touch things in the environment. I don't touch elevator buttons with my finger. I hit them with my elbow. I don't run my hand down the handrail as I'm walking through the airport like my daughter did when we were going to Disney World. You know, <laughs> I don't touch handrails. So, again, being mindful of the things you're touching, and if you're going to touch the handrails, great. Maybe clean your hands afterwards. Um, so really good hand hygiene, thinking about what you're touching, not touching your face, those are the best ways to protect yourself. And there are also things you can do to modify your risk for infection in general. So, right, get, get lots of sleep, eat right, stay hydrated, try to decrease your stress levels. All of those things are general infection prevention tips. Um, the other things that you can do, again, are clean your environment, especially if someone in your house is sick. Make sure you're cleaning the things that people touch. So cell phones, tablets light switches, doorknobs, all those things that people touch a lot are ways that we transmit infections really easily among the people close to us. Because if you look at the data for coronavirus, many of the people, in fact, most people that have it, got it from a household member. So they didn't get it from passing someone in Walmart. They got it from someone that they have prolonged close contact with. Now, if, if like, you you know, you heard about the, the person who had coronavirus in, in um in Raleigh, they went to eat at that restaurant, and people were worried, like, hey, I was at that restaurant, too, that same day. What should people do if they, they think they may have been exposed to it? So if you think you've been exposed to coronavirus, what the state health department is telling everyone right now is to call their hotline. They do have a hotline established at the state level. It is manned 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that is where you direct your inquiries if you think you might be symptomatic, but you haven't been around anybody that you know of, or you think you might have been around somebody, but you're not symptomatic. You know, I'm getting Facebook messages and text messages all day, every day from friends and family saying, oh my gosh, you know, my husband traveled to California last week. Do we need to be worried? Or my husband was in New York over the weekend. Do we need to be worried? And so right. those kinds of inquiries the coronavirus hotline for the state can answer. Okay. And now you see, if you go into like any grocery store, you're going to see like, to like toilet paper cleaned out. You'll see cleaning supplies cleaned out yeah. and, and, and masks, you know, sometimes you have like a shortage of things. Do the, do the mat, I guess when it comes to the, what I'm asking, like do the masks work, what cleaning products work versus what doesn't? If you look online, you will see there's actually a published list out there now of, cleaning products that have a label claim for killing coronavirus. Again, 
Some of them say are specific to COVID-19. Some of them are just general coronaviruses. But this is killed by all the stuff we normally use to clean. Now, when I say that, I know there are lots of people out there who don't believe in using chemical cleaners, and I cannot address whether essential oils and vinegar are an effective way of, of killing coronavirus. But what I can tell you is the things that are commercially available for cleaning your home, whether they are bleach products or what we call quaternary ammonium products, so Clorox wipes, Lysol wipes, 409 spray, all of those things, those are all effective ways to clean things. Okay. And uh, as a healthcare provider and infection prevention specialist, what is your top advice for like the general public as we continue to learn, as we continue to know more about the coronavirus? I think that in two words, I would say don't panic. Or maybe what I need to say is stop panicking because people are already panicking. You know, this is something for those of us who were around in 2009, remember when H1N1 was swine flu? Yeah. Everybody was freaking out. We were putting it on airborne isolation and dressing people in, you know, a lot of protective equipment if they were taking care of these patients in the hospital. And there was a a similar level of panic. I think it didn't disseminate as much, probably because 10 years ago, social media was not quite as ubiquitous as it is now. And, you know, the panic was tamped down a little bit. But this is a not dissimilar situation where when it first happens, it is what we call a novel pathogen. And so because we don't know how it behaves, we start at the most uh, restrictive level with what we do. So we want to do the maximum number of things we can to keep people safe. And as we learn more about it, we say, oh, you know what? It's really not as big a deal as we thought it was or as serious or as scary as we thought it was. And so we're going to back that down a little bit. So by, you know, H1N1 started in the spring. By that fall, H1N1 was just flu. Right. And right now, it still continues. Most people who have seasonal influenza, who have influenza A, have H1N1, but nobody's going around going, oh, my God, you have swine flu. You know, <laughs> don't get near me. So I think that it is quite possible that a year from now, we'll look back on this and say, this was just another virus. This is when it came up, and now everybody has it, and it's, it's not as big a deal. We won't know that until we're looking back. But, you know, right now, there's no need to panic. Prepare yourself, certainly. If this gets everybody washing their hands, I'm a fan because certainly that's hand hygiene among the public is not what I would like it to be. So if you're out there washing your hands, great. Do you need to stock up on toilet paper? Is this the apocalypse? Is this a Stephen King novel waiting to happen? It really isn't. And so listen to your public health authorities. Don't listen to all your Facebook friends. (laughs) And, you know, be mindful of what you're touching, of where you are, of who's around you. Stay home if you're sick. That is another thing that I really wish I could convince people to do. You know, again, I have an elementary age child. People put their kids on Tylenol or Motrin in the morning and send them to school so they don't have a fever. Um, You know, stay home if you're sick. Keep your kids home if they're sick. If you're home with your kids because they're sick, you're sick, and you're tired of looking at each other, you just want to get out of the house, but you're also <laughs> sick, please don't go to the playground or the park. Just go out in your yard. You know, really be mindful of others because there are lots of people who get coronavirus who aren't that sick. You know, we're starting to see more and more news stories about people who are recovered. So it might not make you that sick, but just like the flu, my case might not be that serious, but if I give it to my immunocompromised elderly grandmother, it might kill her. So we need people to really stay away from other people if they're sick, 
cough into the crook of their arm, keep their hands clean, and protect the community as well as themselves. So what you're saying is don't be like the guy in New Hampshire who was told he has coronavirus and should isolate himself, then went to an event. Exactly. (laughs) Please don't be that guy, because you're just going to be on the news and we're all going to hate you. And we're all going to laugh at you. Well, Dr. Dixon, thank you so much for uh, all the wonderful information. Thank you for joining me, and I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. If you want to learn more about Dr. Jessica Dixon or WakeMed, go to wakemed.org. WakeMed has a virtual urgent care that wants you to be healthy for just 15 bucks. You can download the WakeMed All Access app and be seen online 24-7 using just your smartphone or tablet. You don't have to leave your home. With the same skilled providers who staff Wake Med emergency departments. If you use the coupon code CARENOW, all capital letters, all one word, CARENOW, on the payment page, you get a discount that's up to $30 off the regular rate until March 31st. So go and download the Wake Med All Access app.